Welcome to the Doyen of Death podcast, funeral planning for those who don't plan to die. It's all about end-of-life issues and getting the conversation started about our 100% mortality rate. This series is hosted by Gail Rubin, certified thanatologist and the Doyen of Death. A Doyen is a woman who's considered senior in a group and knows a lot about a particular subject. Well, that's Gail. She knows all about creating the party no one wants to plan, a funeral or memorial service. She discusses the changes death can bring, and she'll make you laugh. This series includes episodes previously released as A Good Goodbye, a treasure trove of evergreen podcasts about funeral planning issues. This podcast reveals some of the mysteries and shares advice and tools that can reduce stress at times of grief, minimize family conflict, and help create a good goodbye. Remember, just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. So, here to talk about the subjects we sometimes avoid is author, speaker, and the doyen of death, Gail Rubin. Did you know there are approximately 8 million Muslims living in the United States, and that is about double the number of Jews in the United States. And at the same time, Muslims and Jews come from the same source, the Abraham Connection and the Middle East Connection. Um, Both religions originated in a hot desert climate. And for both religions, that impacts the traditional way that Muslims and Jews um, take care of our dead. And I'm very pleased to have on our program today, Dr. Ahmad Rufai Abdullah, who is a founder of the Islamic Burial Society of North America. And uh, he has trained hundreds of volunteers on how to conduct the Islamic Janaza ritual to prepare the deceased for burial. So Dr. Ahmad Rufai Abdullah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, uh, uh, Gail, and uh, thanks, Sabrina, for connecting this call. Uh, We're uh, very excited to be able to talk about those elements of uh, Islamic funeral and burial traditions for those who don't know what they are. And as you do the uh, Janazah ritual, I have, have done the Hever Kedisha, the Jewish Tahara, and and we have a lot of things in common. So why don't you talk about some of the key elements of Islamic funerals? And um, to start with, you know, how quickly does somebody need to be buried? And um, what are those elements that go into getting somebody ready for burial? Well, thank you very much again uh, for having me and uh, giving us the opportunity as, uh, as, a, as a Muslim and as a member of the Muslim community to share with you, with your um, audience, um, some of the uh, funeral rituals that uh, Muslims are mandated to undertake uh, for the disease. Uh, actually, when you talk about key elements uh, of uh, Muslim uh, funeral, uh, or janaza, one of them is you know you know actually called tahara, which is you know purity to purify the body uh but you before ha- then Muslims have a tradition sorry oh I was going to say Muslims you, you have use a tradition of actually t- thinking about death and working on it at the point of death and it, when death actually occurs uh 
uh, when somebody is dying, uh, family members of the dying, you know, and their most pious friends and close relatives are encouraged to stay with them to help them go through the last moments of death and encourage him to, you know, repent, remind him about the good things that he has done in life and that to hope for God's mercy and forgiveness. You know, those who are present near dying Muslims should do, you know, uh, be kind, patient. They should never leave him alone. They should give him hope, not allow him to collapse or panic. And, uh, you know, remind him to say certain things that Muslims are encouraged to say as their last word, which is, La ilaha illallah, there's no God but Allah. And uh, that should be their last word uh, in life. So those are some of the steps uh, 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 you know, you turn them towards uh, uh, Kaaba, they are right, let them sit on their right side, you know, they are, try as much as possible. If somebody is able to recite uh, chapter 36 of the Quran, which is Surah Al-Yasin, and uh, they should make basically a prayer to him uh, to go through the situation easy and, for, and ask for Allah's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of... Um, how quickly uh, Muslims should be buried as quickly as possible. Uh, but, you know, just like our, our most, most aspect of our worship, they give you a window of opportunity to do uh, your worship, and so is uh, the funeral. You are given, we are, you know, basically 72 hours, 73 hours, 72 hours, that's three days to, to bury the, uh, the, uh, the, the diseased uh, uh, Muslim. And... Uh, uh, those of us living in the West, you know, we'll, we really appreciate the three days because, um, you know, people travel from across the country, especially fellow Americans, indigenous American family members try to come, you know, from different parts of the country for the funeral. So that three-day window allows them to come. But in most Muslim countries, um, you know, they could bury within hours, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of especially when they know somebody is about to die, and uh, usually these these things just kick in, uh, these steps just kick in automatically. And um, part so, of that is um, actually because we have a hot desert climate that these uh, traditions originate in, and there wasn't refrigeration, um, you know, centuries ago. So it was imperative to bury quickly, uh, lest decomposition starts setting in and things get kind of nasty. Yeah, that's right. Um, part, that is partly the reason. I think for the Muslim, it's much more than that because, um, you know, for aesthetic reason, for public health reason, you won't believe it 1,400 years ago, um, you are allowed to part quickly with the disease. You know, he hopefully is eager to meet his Lord and begin the afterlife and then to allow families to, to begin to heal. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the 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 quicker they bury the body, the the better for the family uh, to begin to restore some normalcy, you know, whatever uh, that means uh, uh, for different individuals to begin to restore, uh, begin, to, you know, the the grooving the grooving process because the body, if the body is still around, um, it kind of uh, pro- prolongs the process. Well, and in fact, in Judaism, we have this uh, saying that um, the family cannot mourn while their dead lies before them. So, yes, quick burial is important for for the family to start processing both in Islam and Judaism. Correct. 
um, when I began to have contact uh, with our Jewish uh, community members who are involved in Tahara, um, especially the children of Kadisha, I began to realize how how similar these uh, these rituals are, and that they actually bury much faster than the Muslims. Uh, for most for most of them, they said twenty four hours. So um, it, it, it's very quick. So that's why um, your slogan of uh, you know the plan, good goodbye for those who don't plan to die <laughs> for the Muslims and and, and the Jews. It's uh, it, 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 uh, it it carries uh, a different meaning. Well, it's important to know, you know, these kind of details if if you're going to um, do the ritual. Now, um, in Islam, uh, Muslim tradition is uh, to since you're burying quickly, uh, do you avoid embalming? Yeah. Um, first of all, you know, the key elements of 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 our barrier is, uh, uh, of course, depending on where the, the death occurs in the hospital or at home, um, is to is to prepare the body for for uh, as quickly as possible and have the bath, the washing of the disease. We call it gusel, and then uh, getting the shrouding materials. Um, people can and should give you know people can uh, be, be prepared to give the the path and that's you know there's this preference for the family to perform the uh the 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 washing of the body and if not then uh, community members uh uh do so on, on their behalf and then um there's transportation to the to the to the uh to the to the mosque where the funeral prayer actually happens and then there's you know this is done by the imam uh, leading the prayer but also it's preferred it's unbelievable for the funeral rites, there's a, a preference for the family members to actually lead the procedure, uh, uh, whether it's washing, uh, being present when they die, washing the body, shrouding the body, praying, uh, leading the prayer, uh, the funeral prayer, uh, and also putting the body in the grave. You know, it's only if the family members uh, can't or are unable to do it that uh, you know community members step in. And then actually the burial procedure itself. So nothing is left for us to decide on our own when it comes so much. You know, it's not left for us to decide on our own when it comes to Muslim mm-hmm. burial. There are you know very very methodical steps that uh, are taken uh, well, are let- expected to be taken. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. So so family involvement in the preparation of the body and all the the various elements of carrying out the funeral ceremony are encouraged. Um, I know in the Jewish tradition, it's men prepare men's bodies, women prepare women's bodies. Is that, is that the same in, in the Muslim tradition? Yeah, for adults. And uh, for, <laughs> for, for, for children, it's a little different. But for the most part, for adults, uh, there's, it's gender-based. You know, the female do for female adults, and the males do for uh, for male adults and for children who are who die uh, before puberty, it could be done by any 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 gender, especially if it is uh, uh, before four months. Uh, uh, I mean, before puberty, and also, um, you know, if, if once you become an adult, it's gender based, and that's okay. why uh, we 
we encourage the funeral directors, you know, who might, whoever is, is, is on duty, whether male or female, that uh, this is how we want the Muslim uh, body to be handled. Um, you know, anybody can bring the body to the funeral home from the hospital or from home to the funeral home. But when it comes to actually exposing the body, um, we prefer for the Muslims to do it. Okay. Well, it's hard to believe we're already up to our first break here. We're talking with Dr. Ahmad Rufai Abdullah, who is a founder of the Islamic Burial Society of North America. And we're going to continue our conversation about Islamic funeral traditions when we come back from the short break. Thanks for tuning in. Gail Rubin, the doyen of death has been producing Before I Die festivals for years. These festivals get end-of-life planning conversations started by putting the fun in funeral planning. Outside-the-box activities break down barriers to discussing death and planning for our 100% mortality rate. And now, Gail has created the Before I Die Festival in a Box, the comprehensive guide to producing your own community festival. It includes everything you need to create a successful event. How to find sponsors, build a team, market the event, schedule speakers, topics for discussion, workshop ideas, and much, much more. To learn how to get your Before I Die Festival in a Box, visit BeforeIDieFestivals.com or call 505-265-7215. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Ahmad Rafai Abdullah. Uh, he immigrated to the United States in 1992 from Nigeria to pursue graduate education at North Carolina State University and the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And since then has been fostering uh, the uh, Muslim community there in North Carolina and, and nationally with the uh, Islamic Burial Society of North America. So, Dr. Abdullah, what, when you talk about the janazah process of body preparation, what, what does that involve? Uh, it sounds like washing and dressing the body. Um, but do you use specific uh, clothing for the deceased? Well, there, there's basically two, 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 two steps to the janazah process. One is physical, con- uh, physically conducting the, the, the body preparation uh, at home or in the funeral home, and also uh, the funeral the janazah prayer, which is uh, uh, conducted in the mosque. Uh, but when it comes to um, you know physically preparing the body, um, um, you need you need certain things. You need people, physical bodies uh, for men, group of men and group of women, trustworthy people, honest people, uh, people who need need know how to keep you know secret because you are not allowed to talk about whatever you see outside the uh, outside the uh, washroom. And then uh, getting the materials a, a wide, clean um, uh, sheet of, of clothes um, cut into three pieces for the men and five pieces for the women, and uh, 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 nail uh, nail polish remover for the women, comb for the women to be able to braid their hair. If they are if they are if their hair is woven, they have to be removed, and then. 
um, you know, cleaned and shampooed, and then again uh, braided into three and put behind them. Um, so, you know, those materials for the preparation, uh, you know, we have a list of them uh, that is, you know, it's a checklist so that nothing is missing. And uh, the the the, the sheet of, uh, of of clothes should, it's not something that should be sewn by uh, somebody. Is basically uh, even if it is sewn, it should be the sewn aspect should be uh, should be removed. Uh, and uh, you wash the body. Um, it's a long pro. It's a long process. It takes about you know depending on the experience. You know, it takes about forty five to forty five minutes to an hour if you have everything in in place. Uh, prepare the body. Uh, if the body can be prepared, if there is fire uh, uh, that resulted in death, um, if there is accident and the body is mangled, you know we have guidance uh, guidelines on how to do that. Some in some cases you don't need to wash the body at all. Um, uh, uh, if it's going to cause more harm, um, and um, so you once you know you have everything in place and. Uh, people who are preparing body, of course, know what to do. They they wash the body three times, uh, in in odd numbers, three, five, seven, until the body is clean. But usually, within you know three repetitions, the body is clean enough mm-hmm. uh, with soap and with warm, lukewarm water, not too cold, not too warm, like you have as a bath, as a live body. And uh, you first of all perform tahara on them to purify them. Uh, which is uh, do, do the washing that the washing that people Muslims do before prayer, five daily prayers. You do it for the disease as well. Then the body is now washed, the whole body, um, starting from the face, the right side first. Muslims like to do the right side, then the left side, then they wash the back and the front, uh, and then the, you know the uh, the lower extremities, uh, and then. Uh, Usually, because you know it's a, it's, it's a dead body, um, hopefully it's not decomposing yet. But you know, whether or not it's decomposing, uh, they use some fragrance, you know, camphor, um, so that you know it smells well. You know, especially mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. step of washing, or mm-hmm. after the body is prepared and then put in the casket, uh, they sprinkle uh, rose water or something like that. Uh, so, um, in some cases where, uh, and this is a very important point to make, where the body cannot be washed, uh, either because there's no water or you don't have access to water, there's what we call dry good, dry baths or dry washing, which is the same thing, you know, you refer to the desert condition where the Jewish religion and Muslim religion uh, originated from, water can be scarce. So you use sand, soil, a thing that has origin from this, from the earth, um, rock, uh, dust, or, uh, and and do uh, what we call tiamum, uh, which is dry uh, bathing, dry uh, washing on the body. Uh, again, if 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 the body is damaged beyond, uh, the skin is peeling from fire. You don't want to do any more damage. And mm-hmm. again, in some cases, when if somebody dies and the gender separation is impossible, and women have to do for men, for example, if it is a situation where everybody that is present is, is, is female and man dies, you know, somebody needs to do it. In mm-hmm. which case, instead of exposing the body of the male, they do uh, dry washing, which is basically put 
both hands on the on the on the sand and put uh, wipe it off and then uh, wash the face with it just rub the face with it and then use the left hand uh, to uh, wash the wash the body to rub the body from I mean the hand from the wrist to the elbow and use the right to do the same for the uh, from the left wrist to the elbow and you basically have the body ready for shrouding uh, in cases where there's no water uh, no have access to water or you cannot have access you don't have access to water or the water is limited so basically this is how the body is uh, prepared for burial and then the second part of the janaza is uh, taking the body uh, to the mosque and uh, you know for 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 prayer and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be inside the mosque but a clean private secluded place where the body can be buried and uh, i mean can be prayed prayed on and then uh, the the imam or the, uh, again, there's a preference for the family member to lead, uh, the, the son, the husband, the brother, because only male can, um, can lead, can lead their prayer in Islam. And they, if they can, if they, if they want to lead and they know how to conduct the, the Janaza prayer, they lead the prayer. And then the rest, uh, of the Muslims have, uh, follow the, uh, line up behind them in, again, in, in three, uh, in, in one, uh, odd numbers, one line, two lines of people, or three, or five, or seven, and then they go through the procedure for for uh, uh, janaza prayer, which is again this this is another another talk by itself. But Muslims know what to do when it comes to uh, conducting the janaza prayer, uh, the funeral prayer in the mosque. So those are the two main aspects of uh, of uh, the janaza process of actually preparing the body for 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 burial before you take them to the burial ground which which involves another procedure and right and uh, you you mentioned laying the body on its right side and i understand that bodies are buried on their right side what's the significance of that well, you know, even in life, we are we are we are encouraged and taught to sleep on our right side, facing facing Kaaba. You know, so the orientation of your bedroom, the orientation of your bed, um, that is just tradition uh, in Islam. Um, in, in most cases, uh, we are told why we are asked to do it. In some cases, you know, as a believer, God says you should do it. You just do it. That's just one of those things where. You are asked, you know, to lie down on your right when you when you are sleeping uh, in your own home. But when somebody dies, they have to put them on the right side and face uh, and have, have them face uh, the Kaaba in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Now, are there uh, is is there a prescription for Muslims to be buried together in a cemetery? Do you have Muslim sections or whole Muslim cemeteries in North America? Yeah, we 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 have a number of Muslim communities in the in, in North America where they own their own cemetery. Uh, but where that is not the case, Muslim usually arrange with existing non-Muslim cemeteries to have a section designated for the Muslims uh, to be buried. Uh, but the mm-hmm. preference is for the Muslims to be buried in a Muslim cemetery, and uh, and that will be uh, the best option. But where that does not exist. Then uh, you have to make arrangements so that a section is uh, set aside in the uh, 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 existing uh, 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 
cemetery for the Muslim to, to be buried together uh, in that section. And one of the things, we're, we're getting close to another break, it's hard to believe, uh, but uh, um, don't uh, Muslims traditionally just bury in a shroud without a casket? Yeah, uh, that is that is the uh, re- requirement as the uh, recommendation. Um, but you know, as Muslims move move away from their tradition, just like everybody else, you know, those who believe in the tradition and practice the tradition usually bury without casket. But mm-hmm. I've seen Muslims, you know, decide they want to bury in casket, um, the most expensive casket, ten thousand, twenty thousand. Uh, some I've seen that want to build and build, uh, bury in their uh, rock that have been carved into a casket, a marble casket. You know. So, you know, Muslim tradition and teaching uh, is that you should not bury in uh, in casket. You could, it could be used to carry the body as a form of transportation uh, from one place to the other, but when it comes to burial, the body should be buried without casket. Okay, uh, so it's the closest one could get to green burial in a conventional cemetery, and I know there's a lot of growing interest in green burial uh, as our baby boomer population here ages and uh, considers the, how they're going to be laid to rest. Dr. Ahmad Rafai Abdullah, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. Remember, talking about sex won't make you pregnant. Talking about funerals won't make you dead. Gail Rubin, the doyen of death, is the author of three award-winning books. In A Good Goodbye, Funeral Planning for Those Who Don't Plan to Die, learn how to save money, reduce family conflict, and minimize stress at a time of grief. Just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. Kicking the Bucket List, 100 Downsizing and Organizing Things to Do Before You Die, brings a light touch to downsizing and organizing for end-of-life issues. And Hail and Farewell, Cremation Ceremonies, Templates and Tips, helps you easily create meaningful memorial services with sample scripts, suggested readings, and music recommendations. These fine books by Gail Rubin, The Doyen of Death, are available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. For more information, visit agoodgoodbye.com. Thanks for listening. This is part one of our two-part episode. Stay tuned for part two coming next week. Thank you for joining us on the Doyen of Death podcast. You can find episodes of this podcast and past episodes of A Good Goodbye with Gail Rubin on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on Gail's work, visit agoodgoodbye.com.